0: hashtag sAFm talking point all right we're going to turn our attention to this story now it's really the ongoing move by civil society uh, organizations and health movements to try and end what has long been described as a vaccine monopolies anna Marriott is the policy lead for the people's vaccine alliance Anna good morning to you and thanks for your time today Good morning and thank you very much for having me. So when we look at where the world is when it comes to COVID-19 today, a lot less talk about vaccinations because there does seem to be a prevailing sense that perhaps we have seen the worst of the pandemic. As the People's Vaccine Alliance, you're still pushing um, for the end to vaccine monopolies. How do you see the situation? I mean, can we confidently say that, you know, we've seen the worst of COVID-19?
1: I I really don't think that we can, I think there's a a huge amount of scientists and epidemiologists around the world who are saying, please do not let complacency set in here. Yes, we've seen recent peaks um, and now decline of Omicron in some countries, but it's actually on the rise in many countries, including in my own here in the UK again, and the global figures are on the rise again. But more than that, we know that as long as this extreme vaccine inequality continues across the world, then we are setting ourselves up for new variants, potentially more dangerous and vaccine resistant variants that could come back and we could see more peaks, we can see more needless deaths. And that's why we're saying that there can be no halt to the campaign, to the pressure to get Uh, an end to these vaccine monopolies, get a temporary suspension on the patents and the intellectual property, so that we can get more manufacturers ready around the world to make the vaccines and ensure that everybody has access. You know, even if we transition into an endemic phase with this virus, we're still going to need protection. People are still going to need life-saving treatments that are currently not available in, in many parts of the world. So that's why we continue to push for this and and just last week we saw um, over 100 world leading figures including former world leaders including in in fact former leaders of Ukraine, um, the current president of Tanzania, Uh, we saw leading humanitarians um, and, and leading UN figures all calling for a people's vaccine to lift these vaccine monopolies and get everybody protected.
0: Anna, when you look at why it is that we still have these this monopoly prevailing as as, as it is, uh, what are some of the underlying factors? Because again, you know the the kind of urgency around vaccines, the logistics backlogs that we had under COVID nineteen that we were told were some of the contributing factors to why low and middle income countries were struggling to access vaccines. Those have would have primarily been taken out of the way as the world has opened up.
1: So I think since the outset of this pandemic, you know despite world leaders lining up to say that these vaccines would be global public goods, we've seen this toxic mix of uh, vaccine nationalism on the part of rich countries who have have continued to buy the majority of of vaccines for themselves. And just a you know the world is basically dependent on just a handful of pharmaceutical corporations who are treating these vaccines as their own private property. They get to decide how many vaccines get made, what price is charged, and who gets to buy them mm-hmm. and And even today we are seeing a continuing trend of the vast majority of those vaccines being sold to the richest countries um, where they can make the, the, the biggest profit margin. So we're still seeing that inequality today. Yes, supplies have increased in some developing countries, but we're not seeing the kind of predictable, affordable supply that those countries need. And most of all, those countries want control over these vaccines so that they could be making their own. They've got their own assured supply that won't be disrupted Um, Every time there's a spike in a rich country um, and they've got greater purchasing power to to divert vaccines um, to those countries. So that's why we need a more diversified manufacturing of these vaccines, more diversified um, distribution of these vaccines and more control for developing countries over their own supplies.
0: One of the things, of course, is the fact that we have had world leaders commit to doing better commit to ending these monopolies and yet the the reality of the situation is that it's not changing at all it's not moving that's absolutely right and i
1: think you know particularly you know we would we would lay the blame specifically at the european union um particularly germany for for refusing to change position on on um this proposal to to end the monopolies Also, the UK government and Switzerland who are standing in the way. You know, we have over 100 countries now supporting this proposal at the World Trade Organization. But we have seen procrastination and, and, you know, stubborn opposition on the part of the European Union. and, And they are, you know essentially putting the profits of pharmaceutical corporations ahead of ending this pandemic ahead of protecting lives around the world and that has to end now talks are intensifying now um, at the at the world trade organization between south africa india the european union and and the united states and i think you know this, this letter that was sent yesterday by so many leading figures across the world, I think really should send a very loud and clear message to South Africa and India that, that the, the majority of the world has their back here. You know, sure. they want South Africa and India to push through and win this comprehensive waving of vaccine monopolies Mm. so that so that everyone can be protected.
0: We'll continue the conversation with Anna Marriott who's policy lead for the People's Vaccine Allowance. For now we're going to take a quick break. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. So we're talking about the global effort then under the People's Vaccine Allowance calling for an end to the monopolization of vaccines and also ensuring that there are more COVID-19 vaccines flowing into low- to middle-income countries. And Marriott is the policy lead for the People's Vaccine Alliance. Anna, you Ureza something important here, and that is this perception that rich countries, and I don't know if it's just a perception or, in fact, uh, the reality here, that you have these rich countries that are effectively protecting pharmaceutical companies when it comes to ensuring that the monopolization of vaccines continues. What does this tell us about who is benefiting financially from the situation as well? So I think,
1: you know, we do have to look at the the power and the money being made here. Um, we know that the pharmaceutical corporations have very strong, very well-resourced lobbying efforts in many rich countries. Um, and, you know, I think in, in the pandemic also have another stranglehold over rich country governments, because they hold the supply of these vaccines um, and, and rich countries want them. So there, there does seem to be you know, a real um, shameful reluctance on the part of the rich country governments. And again, I would I would single out just a handful here. We have Germany, UK, Switzerland, and the head of the European Union standing in the way of, of this. And we really do need to interrogate the relationships that they have with the pharmaceutical corporations. We know that companies like Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna have been making four million dollars every hour in pre-tax profits from the vaccines. That is a huge amount of money, eye-watering profits, way, way above any other company um, average profits um, in, in normal times. And so that, and with that that wealth and that massive accumulation of wealth comes enormous power to to influence those governments um and and that has to change you know we have to have um a more rational look at the economic impact let alone you know the the health impact of this pandemic but but the global economy is losing trillions to this pandemic. You know, many, many different sectors are suffering, you know, huge impacts, huge losses, massive job losses across the world. You know, the, the, the benefits to pharmaceutical corporations pale um, in, in, in uh, relation to those massive negative economic impacts across the world. Mm. So we need to see those rich country governments Taking a more rational look at this, and 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 thinking through more carefully what the repercussions of them continuing to protect these vaccine monopolies are.
0: What it says, Anna, is that these countries, because this is, this should be a clear cut issue, that the world can coalesce around, because it's human lives that are at stake. Everybody has felt the impact of COVID-19. It's no different, you know, when you have uh, somebody losing their lives to COVID in Europe as to when you have somebody on the African continent who's losing their lives. And yet, when we look at the extent to which there has not been equity, in in distribution, it reinforces a message that says, well, some lives are effectively more important than others. That's absolutely the message that that rich country
1: governments and the pharmaceutical corporations are sending out right now. You know, if you leave um, the the manufacture and distribution of life-saving vaccines in the middle of a global pandemic to the market, um, to to just a handful of pharmaceutical corporations who are putting profit first at every turn that is what you're saying that is the message that you are giving out and you know fortunately you know the world health organization has been trying to counter this has been trying both you know calling out this this shameful inequality but also taking action to set try and set up you know mechanisms to share the vaccine recipes so that manufacturers in the global south could be making these these, um, life-saving tools free of the intellectual property barriers. And there is one such mechanism in South Africa. There's an mRNA technology transfer hub. This is set up and is developing its own mRNA um, vaccine based on the Moderna based on information available about the Moderna vaccine. But unfortunately, we are still seeing a lack of cooperation from the pharmaceutical corporations. Moderna has been called on to share its technology, share the know-how to make this, this vaccine so that the South African efforts can be accelerated to a matter of months before it would be producing these vaccines, yet it's turned its back on it. And we need to see the US government, but all governments calling on companies like Moderna to take a different path here and and to actually cooperate with these international efforts so that we can you know transfer that technology those vaccine recipes to more manufacturers that's the intention of the south africa hub to work with other manufacturers um, in asia in africa and in in latin america to make these vaccines and and really the the rich country governments must be insisting now on the mandatory sharing of these vaccine recipes so that that initiative
0: can get going. Beyond the lobbying that you are involved with, Anna, you know, what happens if if nothing changes as we have seen over the last year or so? What what next for uh, the People's Vaccine Alliance? So, I mean, I think we build
1: our movement on the foundations of the um, the movement built around access to HIV treatment, and that foundation, that that campaign, that movement has never given in, and we will not give in on this. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of right to health, and so we will continue pushing. Um, you know, intellectual property patents were not designed for pandemics. We have to see them lifted, and we will not give up, give in on that effort. There are you know, key moments this year, a a World Trade Organization ministerial in May, G7 summit in Germany in June. And there will be plenty more opportunities for us to be holding rich country government's feet to the fire and saying that you have to behave differently. You have to act differently in a pandemic to, to save lives. But also we will continue to put pressure on the pharmaceutical corporations. You know, some of our partners have got shareholder resolutions in motion now, trying to insist that the, the pharmaceutical corporations share their technology. So we have many different avenues for influence and we know that former world leaders, economists, scientists, humanitarians, and leading figures will remain on our side because we know that collectively we have to continue uniting behind a people's vaccine and not a profit
0: vaccine. Anna Marriott, policy lead for the People's Vaccine Alliance. Thanks uh, for your time today, Anna. It's 11 o'clock, and Musa is standing by with your latest news.